This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 281 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by totalsaddlefit.com and Easy Signs Online. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Glenn, who's back to join us this week. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. How are you? Good to be back again. We always yeah, miss nice. you. Yeah, it's nice to have you on. I was playing with the Percherons last week. <laughs> yeah, did you have a fun? Tell us about that. Oh, I had, a, I had a blast. It was such a good time. They had 800 Percherons there. And let me tell you, you know, when you got 818 to 19 hand horses, that's a lot of horse. Where did they yeah. put, I mean, could they fit in a regular stall? Well, that was the thing, you know, one of the things when they go do these things is the stalls are still, what, 10 by 10. Yeah. And they, you know, if they lay down, they worry about them getting cast because... You know how tall those stalls are when you go to horse shows, right? Mm. So the horses can't reach over and talk to each other. There, some of them, their heads were over the top of that. St- I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. So they can't wow. talk to each other. Yeah, those those guys can. An average like thoroughbred or worm blood wouldn't be able to. But <laughs> those guys could. So I got to drive a pair, and Wendy and I from the driving radio show. We got to be in the driving competition, and Doctor Pole was there from the uh, the veterinary show. I don't know if you ever saw Dr. Pohl, but he was there, quite a celebrity. He had a big following. uh, He's on the National Geographic Channel. Oh, okay. Wow, how cool. Yeah, and uh, he was there, so he competed. Uh, Wendy ended up winning. She she ended up winning the celebrity driving. We drove a pair through an obstacle course, which was fun. How cool is that? I came in fourth. I did beat Dr. Pohl, so I was happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then one of the coolest things that happened uh, is we got to meet a lot of listeners. Probably about 30 listeners were there, which was really fun. And then we uh, got to drive uh, on the wagon with an eight-hand hitch. Oh, my gosh. Uh, was that scary? Well, it, we didn't drive, but we were sitting beside the driver. And he has four reins in each hand woven mm-hmm. through each finger and controlling four, you know, four pairs. And it, let me tell you, that front pair is a ways out there. <laughs> When you oh, got I eight bet. of them, and you're, the, those wagons are so high, you're looking down on on eighteen hand percherons. It was cool. The power that eight of those horses have is incredible. Oh, I bet. Wow. Yeah, we it, that was a lot of fun. And then he, what, what a, yeah, what an experience. Yeah, we really did. That was that was it was a treat. The whole the whole the whole time we were there was a treat. And it didn't cool. snow while we were in Massachusetts, so we were happy. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I think it. I think it's never going to stop raining in Kentucky. I'm, I don't know if anyone's in this area of the of the country, but oh my gosh, we're getting a lot of rain right now. I, it has been raining for the last two weeks almost. It's awful. I do have to tell you about one demonstration thing they tried for the first time. Um, and the World Patron Congress comes to the United States every four years. They uh, did barrel racing. It was with a Percheron. It was hilarious. No, it was, they had like twenty-five of them out there. It was hilarious. <laughs> you know, 20, you've seen I barrel know. racing, Reese, there in Lexington, yeah. and it takes what twelve seconds to get around the pattern uh, <laughs> with a good one. These guys were taking 30, 40 seconds. It was. <laughs> it's like if them, I were if I were to do a course minutes. like that. It was funny. Some <laughs> were spooking at the barrels, and uh, it was just. <laughs> Lumbering along. Sounds like a That's hoop. awesome. Good for... Oh, how fun. Is, that sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. And awesome. you were at a show at the Port Horse Park? 
We were, we were actually, I think it was the largest regionals in the country or close to it. I think they had something like 1,700 rides. Whoa. It was, it was enormous. And it was, That's they a did lot it. of dressage. Uh, it was, oh my goodness. It was a lot. And, and we had so much rain and, um, the Kentucky Horse Park dressage complex really, really needs to be renovated. Funny enough, it is the, actually the last part of the horse park to be renovated. And the footing was horrendous, so they had to move the rings. Um, and it was just intense. At one point, there were three I different saw, venues. Yeah, I think I saw one that looked like a lake. or It was a lake, somebody's yeah. Somebody's photo. It was a lake. That was probably <laughs> me. Yeah, it was awful. So it was really hard. I mean, there was like three different venues. And um, I rode uh, Denali. And I have to be honest, for where he is right now at the moment and what he had to do so uh, to school in – at a regional championship, the rule is once you are on the grounds, you have to stay on the grounds. So it was hard for me to, I didn't want to take him on Wednesday and not till, show till Sunday. So I decided, I elected and made a choice to not take him in. But he had to go in to the stadium and make probably a 15-minute walk from the stabling to the to the stadium, um, which is really far and a younger horse uh, and lots of stuff going on. He had to do that three times that day. So it was a lot. He was a, he ponied up. I was really proud of him and he did a really good job for where he was. And, uh, but it was fun. We got to ride in the stadium. Um, but a shout out I've got to give to Laura Phillips, who's been on the show. Uh, she made it to the national finals. And I have another student, Jill Stowe, who's also wonderful. She's a working mom and, and does the UK equine programs. Uh, she also made it to the national finals. So two of two of my group go, are going uh, in a couple weeks. So uh, that was really fun. And uh, we have a couple a couple things of news from the championships. A lot of great rides, uh, but a special shout out to Debbie Hill of Gurley, Alabama. She's been here on the show and done a trainer tip. Um, she was beaming after her victory on Marcella and Richardson's exceptional Hanoverian Bucchiato. Although the seven-year-old gelding is newcomer to the level, which was fourth level, uh, they won with a 70.118. Um, but what was really cool about this, and Debbie, this was on Dressage Daily, mentioned that she was recently diagnosed with breast cancer on June 1st. And she's currently undergoing chemotherapy. And she said she had to choose one horse to continue working with, and it was him. My doctors called me a soldier, but what he didn't realize is that the horses keep me going. So here, so coming here and winning means a lot to her. This horse takes care of me in here, and he's very forward and always willing and safe and easy to show because he loves it. I was thr so thrilled to be here. And um, shout out to Debbie. Congratulations she's a, to her. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. To her trainer yeah. and, and to be undergoing chemotherapy was pretty cool. So that was my favorite story of the weekend. And, um, but lots of good rides and, um, people really did a great job and KDA did a fantastic job with, with as many things that was going on. It was amazing. So, uh, really fun. So did, we're looking forward to nationals. Did I see that our own Hillary Moore Hebert did well and is heading to nationals? Did I see her post? That? She is. I can't yeah. wait. She's, her dollar horse. Region, is she region one or which region she is, is, did she? Oh, I'm pretty sure she's region run. Don't don't take. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure. And she's on this weekend. She's at the BLM championships. Uh, she was we asked her to come on this week, but she was busy. She'll be on next week uh, uh, taking her horse to the BLM finals. So she's had an amazing season and I uh, can't wait to hear about everything and then have her here in my backyard in about two and a half weeks. She'll be lots of fun. Awesome. So what else is in the news, Philip? 
Well, let's look at this. Uh, the USDF has named George Williams uh, the youth coach and Charlotte Bredahl Baker as uh, his assistant. So uh, that's good. After Jeremy Steinberg stepped down, we have a new youth coach, and George Williams is pretty awesome. He is. He he actually coached me as a junior and my sister. Uh, so I have a lot. You know, George is a wonderful, wonderful guy, and he'll do a really, really good job uh, with all of that. So um, wish him luck for sure. So and um, we also have uh, some good condolences. Uh, Viva Salieri. The stallion that Tom Dvorak rode to Canada's silver medal team at the 2011 Pan American Games has uh, died a couple of weeks ago um, of colic. He was only 13. He had made the transition to uh, to Grand Prix and was really starting to come along and look like he was going to be a, a very good uh, Canada team mount at the Grand Prix level. And uh, unfortunately, you know, as happens with these horses... Um, he had a colic attack and had to be, had to be euthanized. So, mm-hmm. uh, re- really sorry and sad to, to hear about that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, so, as we know, that always happens, and you know, it happens in horses, and it's tough. So, we wish him um, luck as he rebuilds. It's always a tough thing. You and I have both been through it, and I'm sure all our listeners have too. So, um, so on a on a happier note, Philip, who do we have on the show? Well, we got uh, we got uh, Canada. Canada Week, I guess. Megan Lane's going to come on and talk about her trip to uh, to the World Equestrian Games. Um, we're pretty excited to hear from her. And we're also going to keep her on the show and, and have her hang around to give us a trainer tip as well. So really looking forward to that. Um, should, be, should be a good interview. Absolutely. Speaking of which, Cal, let's mention this at the beginning of the show today. We have, uh, we're requesting, we have a little contest going on. Uh, oh, yeah, really... we introduced it last yeah, last week. Yeah, and, uh... but let's let's talk about it at the beginning of the show in case anybody missed it at the end of the show last week. We got uh, some emails in, but we certainly uh, could use more, right? Yeah, well, uh, uh, Justin from totalsaddlefit.com, who sponsors our um, trainer tip of the week every week, um, had said that he wanted to hear more saddle fitting questions and, and uh, questions related to tack um, that... So we decided that maybe we should sponsor a uh, a free girth to the best question that we come up with uh, in October. We're gonna, you know, we're getting the questions in, and, and we hope a, a bunch more come in. and And we're gonna try and answer all of the questions, but we're gonna pick, I guess, our favorite one between Reese, Justin, and I, and uh, and that person will win uh, a free girth from totalsaddlefit.com. So I thought that was a pretty good idea from Justin and. Uh, and, uh, you know, basically just keep your questions coming in via email and, uh, and we can get to all of them, hopefully. And send them to Philip, uh, that's P-H-I-L-I-P, at horseradionetwork.com or Reese at horseradionetwork.com, either one. Perfect. Well, I guess after this commercial, we'll get to our uh, interview with Megan Lane. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England-style farm signs, their most popular line of signs. New England-style farm signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required, no wood to rot, and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They 
also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Well, we are so excited this evening to have Megan Lane on, Canadian World Equestrian Games rider from Normandy. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, we're so excited, and, and I forgot to mention that you are the head trainer at Deer Ridge Equestrian Center in Loretta, Canada, um, which is also going to be the host of the training camp for the Pan American Games that is happening in Canada this summer, or next summer, actually. Is that correct? That's correct, yep. Great. Well, we are so happy to have you on the show. And we just, um, you know, I've been following you and Caravella since you guys were doing Young Riders. And I just love your story. And I wanted you to come on and talk to our listeners a bit, a little bit about her and your journey to getting her to the World Equestrian Games. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I've, I've started with her since uh, 2009. Um, she was an eight-year-old then. Um, and I had bought her from a hunter-jumper dealer um, for very, very little money. Um, she was, I bought her as a project horse, not really knowing where it would go. Um, and that same year, I qualified her on, actually on the Canadian junior team. That year, we went ahead and got three medals. Um, the following year... Similar story, except uh, I moved her up to Young Riders. Um, that next year, I also triple medaled with her. So that was where it kind of hit me that I that I might have something special. Um, <laughs> and then the next year, I did Young Riders with her as well, and and also um, did really really well. Um, so Megan, from, uh, sorry, just yeah. she, you got it from a, a hunter dealer how much training did she have in in her and uh and how did she progress so fast to meddle it at uh you know at the juniors the same year um she had very basic uh dressage work um some lateral movement uh you could put her on the bit <laughs> which was uh you know a strike in my direction um <laughs> she had perfectly late flying changes Perfectly so, late. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was my first priority. But she, me and her clicked, um, which was the reason why I, I begged my mom to get her. Um, because on the ground, she's not the most friendly mare. Um, she's a little bit smaller. And back then, she, she did look, I did look a little bit on the big side for her um, with her lack of conditioning. Um, she looked very petite. So um, those strikes against her, uh, I really, I really felt strongly about about um, wanting her. So, um, what were some things? What what made you want? Like when you saw her at the hunter jumper barn, what made you say, "I think this this will even just be a dressage horse, not even a wag horse"? Well, honestly, at first at first glance, um, I kind of ignored her at the beginning because I thought. No, that horse is that. That's not one that we're looking at. She looks, she looks too nice. 
um, cut to, uh, she was actually the one we were there looking at. So, um, it was, it was love at first sight, I guess you could say. I, so, yeah, yeah, I think that I think that that happens a lot. You know, I think you just have to be uh, ready and open to listen to that sort of love at first sight feeling. But I, I get that. I do get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was fun. So, how did you make the transition from sort of okay, you know, she's done extremely well at juniors and the young rider level. What made you say okay, now I want to take her into the sort of the international uh, ranks? Um, really, I was flying by the seat of my pants. Um, just progressing from young riders. Um, I had never trained um, a horse to Grand Prix prior to her. So it was really um, just playing around with, with the tricks. And because she's so smart and we got along so well, she tried really, really hard for me. So um, the more she learned, the the more eager she was. So um, it just kind of, everything just sort of started coming quicker and quicker. Um, she had a real talent for, for the changes and for Piaf. Um, so, you know, working with, with what I think, um, are two of the most challenging movements, uh, I thought was really, really super exciting. Take us through a little bit of your of your WEG journey this year and, you know, um, how you qualified, you know, the trip to, to Europe, some of the, the competitions you did leading up to the uh, leading up to the games and how that all came together for you. Sure. Um, I had high hopes of of qualifying for the for the team. Um, I really just took it day by day and show by show uh, the first. The first show, I actually did really, really well in Florida. So um, that gave me a little bit of confidence that it could be a possibility. Um, and then it was really, you know, you just, you just sort of stay focused on, on doing the best that you can at each show and not, not blowing it too much out of proportion. Um, and then, you, yeah, you, I, you know, this is my first, first year on going to a major games um so you just sort of you take it in you stay humble and and modest and um open-minded and I think that's what made it you know enjoyable and 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 a really positive experience Megan how long was the Canadian team in Europe how long were you there for this summer um Karen Pavichik she went over a couple of months before David and I did. I think she went right after the Florida season. Um, she went right to Germany. And then beginning of July, um, David and I went over. And then Belinda shortly after, about three weeks after. So in total, we were there for a little bit less than, David and I were there for a little bit less than three, two months, sorry. Okay. But that's still a long time to leave your business and to leave your training and, and to, to go. And that is, that is a significant amount of time. It is. It is. Yep, for sure. I have a really supportive group behind me, um, the, the Dirige Equestrian team here. Um, and, of course, you know, my parents and, and my sister was there grooming for me throughout. So, um, yeah, I have a really, a really good support team 
and I and think I think that's uh, absolutely essential in in um, you know at this level. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot. It just takes a village. And even, I think just even as an amateur rider, you know, when you, when you, you need your village, you need your help to get to the ring. And, and, and that's a good thing. I think that, that that's the fun part about it is your village can celebrate when you do well. So I am dying to know what was it like to go into that stadium at the World Equestrian Games, um, for your team test? What did it feel like? Um, it actually, uh, my mindset was just that it's another show. Um, I'm there to do my job the best that I can. Um, Capri actually, Caravella noticed the the impressiveness of the stadium more than I did, I think. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was really when you the last halt salute that you kind of you know look around and and notice the extravagance of the whole thing it is it's very impressive very I bet cool. I bet yeah um and Aachen Aachen was uh I would say one of the highlights for me um even in my career uh it was it was a fantastic energy in the stadium um and for that reason it was one of one of my most fun tests to ride to date so I, did you, did you feel yeah, did that help cool. you prepare getting in that that big stadium in that atmosphere to know what to yeah, expect absolutely. at the World Equestrian Games? Absolutely, yeah. It was, um, and then coming out with with over seventy percent was um, really reassuring to me. Also, um, you know that that I am the same here as in Europe. You know, um, from a judge's perspective as well. Uh, so yeah, it was. It was reassuring. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, that that's just such a dream. You know, I think so many of us think, what would it be like to ride down the center line at Aachen? Or what would it be like to ride down the center line at the World Equestrian Games? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so cool that you've gotten that experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's still a little surreal. I bet. <laughs> it feels I like bet. I'm talking in, you know, third person. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your whole games experience like? Not just the riding. What was it like to sort of be there as a competitor and just even just be at the games? What was it like for all of us that weren't there? Um, it was it was amazing because um, of how supportive uh, the team was as a whole. Um yeah, it was it was a fantastic energy, I would say. Really, really positive experience all around. So tell us, what's what's next for you? Are you headed down to Florida this season, back competing? Uh, you know, do you have any new interesting horses coming up? Tell us all about. Um, I do, I do. Uh, Dirge Equestrian has four horses that'll be declaring for the Pan Ams with, um, as well as a really nice young horse that I'll be doing the six-year-olds with next year. Um, as well, my, my own horse, Caravella, um, will be heading down to Florida mid-November and then staying there throughout the season until probably the end of March. Super. Um, so, yeah, that'll, that'll keep me busy, I think. That is great. Well, Megan, tell us, how do our listeners find you online? Um, I have a website, uh, MeganLaneDressage.com. Um, there you can find all of my information, as well as the Deerage Equestrian website. 
They also have a, a beautiful website that you can see the facility where the Canadian team will be preparing for the Pan Ams next year. So um, myself and the owners are, are very excited to have everyone here. Excellent. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to come back. We're going to steal Megan for our uh, trainer tip of the week from Total Saddle Fit. So right after this commercial break, we're going to have her back for our trainer tip. Hello, Robin Donaghy here, and I'm an official HRN auditor. I love the programming that the Horse Radio Network offers and have chosen to support them through a monthly contribution. If you enjoy listening to any of the Horse Radio Network shows, won't you join us as a member of the HRN Auditor family? You can do it for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the HRN Auditor banner. And don't forget, as an auditor, we get the blooper reel. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for our Total Saddle Fit trainer tip of the week, we asked Megan to stay on with us. She was doing such a great job with her first interview. We wanted to grab her for an interview about Travers. So Megan, talk us through Travers. What is it? How do you do it? Uh, And let's start talking about Travers. Okay. Well, I'll try to explain it the best way I can. Um, Most people probably know it as haunches in. Um, So the horse is bending into the direction that they're going. Um, From the rider's perspective, uh, you want to think about keeping the middle of the horse's chest pointing in the direction that, that you want to, that, that you're going essentially um, with, the angle of the haunches slightly on the inner track. Um, so for that, you want to have your outside leg slightly back, um, asking the, the hind end to, to step in inside. Um, and then just, just channeling, keeping the horse, the horse straight um, between your outside rein and your, your inside leg. Um, always with every movement, you want to, Think about uh, the basics of of the horse. So, um, you know things like the impulsion and the suppleness and the rhythm. None of those things can change um, while the horse is in any movement, uh, let alone traver. Um, so basically, once once you have perfected traver, it's kind of exciting because you then essentially have the components you need for half passes. So half passes and trot and canter. Um, it's also the beginning of pirouettes, you know, in the walk and, and the canter. Um, Traver essentially is, uh, for a pirouette, it's a, it's a very small uh, circle of Traver. Um, so... Yeah, That's it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty fun movement, you know, but it's it's I find it kind of the one of the the tougher ones to start to teach. Now, it Reese, is. what do you think it about is. your checklist before you start thinking thinking haunches in? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that that's always, you know, the, a great question. I think that all three of us can say, you know, sometimes it depends on the horse. Um, but you know, I always like to think, or always like to have my horses do shoulder in first. That's sort of my, I do leg yield, then I'll go to shoulder in. And then I will go, I like to think of Traver or hunches in as the last step of a 10 meter circle. So as I am riding a 10 meter circle, I will then ask for the haunches in. And a lot of times I'll do it in the walk before I do, do it in the trot. Um, you can also do it in the canter when you're going toward a canter pirouette. But that's sort of the start of my checklist. And I, even on the young horses, sort of like to play around with it and um, say, oh, look, I want your shoulders over here or I want to bring your shoulders over here or you bring your haunches in in this particular case. So I don't know how you guys start it, but I started off of a 10-meter circle. Um, and then I will move it down the long side. And then like Megan was saying to teach half passes, haunches in on the diagonal line is really close to half pass. So I'll also play with, um, using the haunches in on the diagonal, um, to do that. You don't do that in a test, but, uh, it's also a good way to teach half pass. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty good for me. I always make sure that I can really leg yield, um, the horse off of the wall because you know how they really like to be like magnets and glue mm-hmm. and stuck on the wall and then all of a sudden you're asking for the horse the horse's hind legs to uh to step off of the wall that's that's a really hard thing to do so so to start i mean uh just like i think it's first level test three you ha- you have to do your um your leg yield come you know starting it off of the wall you know right. and i make sure my horse is really really parallel when I'm doing that because you, you need that reaction from the outside leg for the horse to really, you know, step off the wall. If they, if they lean over with their shoulders and then start moving off the wall, it, it's too much like a diagonal and it's not enough directed from, from the rider. So that's really an important checklist that, that the horse understands. Okay. And, and then, you know, even in halt doing a little bit of a turn, was it a turn on the, turn on the forehand, right? Being able to mm-hmm. push your horse around your mm-hmm. leg a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, I always try, try to really enforce in the, in the, in the horses and the riders that um, traver and shoulder in are um, super bending, super suppling exercises where, where the horse has to really, you know, trying to bring the nose a little bit closer to the tail. And in traver, it, the idea is kind of bringing the tail a little bit closer to the nose. If you think of, of them always as sideways movements or lateral movements, then you don't, you, you miss pieces of that suppleness. So that is the real point of, of, of doing this exercise. So there, that's my two cents on, on haunches in. Yeah. Megan, how do you start haunches in? Um, similar to what you said, um, I like to start it in the walk, uh, usually exactly the same way off of a 10 meter circle. Um, I sometimes do leg yield towards the wall. Um, like Philip said, you know, just making sure that they're easily manipulated. Um, and responsive from uh, your leg to move away from your leg easily. Um, those are those are good, excellent starting points for um, having an easy an easy result. Yeah, and just just to kind of as a, a something I was just thinking about is I do a lot of this stuff in the walk when I first start, even on the baby horses, just to just to play with it and just say, oh, can I move you here, move you there? Do you, what do you guys feel about doing this sort of in the walk before you go on to trot? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's agree. good. I was just going to say Sorry, sometimes, so, yeah, sometimes in the walk, the horses can get a little bit, 
a little bit stressy. Certain horses, you know, there's not enough sure. forward movement to, you know, so like you said, I mean, in everything in training, it all depends on the horse and their reaction and what works best for the combination. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's the only, you know, kind of worry I have a little bit in the walk. You don't want, you don't want to mess up the walk, right? I think a lot of riders hear that because it's, it's impossible to fix. So, True. yeah. True. Megan, how about yourself? Do you do any, any of this stuff in the walk with your young ones or? I do. I do. Um, I agree with Philip also. It's dependent on the horse. Um, however, um, yeah, I, I, I do it. I do many movements in the walk just while I'm warming up from my five-year-old to, to my Grand Prix horse. So, um, yeah, I think it's all very relevant um, and a super starting point for, for good training. I love it. Very good. So as you, even talking about a Grand Prix horse, I think, what are some applications of Travier um, other than sort of the second level, um, you know, from H to E or whatever it is um, for your Travier? What are some other applications that you can use Travier for? Um, sorry, I don't understand the question. Well, I was thinking more like hunches in on a circle, to kind of going toward a pirouette. Certainly, I mean, something it's so that important. It, it comes in into it comes into even every single corner. I think you know if you want to make deep corners, the horse has to have the the body suppleness to do that. And Travair is a wonderful and a great way, a great way to teach that because um, you might notice that some horses they come through the corner a little bit too much in shoulder in, and then you lose the hind legs a little bit, and then you don't have your bend right. And and if you can contain the hind legs a little bit around around small turns or corners then the horse has, has a lot more suppleness and balance to be able to be able, be able to do everything from just the basic movements all the way up into um, passage where I you see, really I have to agree. keep that um, horse super uh, in line and super in balance. Yep, I would agree with that. Um, I think that it, it is also a great way to keep your horse supple um, and improve the balance and strength um, to be able to carry... A fantastic cadenced gait, whether it be um, trot uh, or or canter, um, it comes into play, uh, especially for me with my horse um, on that first turn after the passage, the the turn in the passage. Um, I apply traver a little bit there to keep her supple um, and and fluent. So. It's uh, it's applicable at all stages. It's a very Excellent. important exercise. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time this evening and staying on for our trainer tip of the week. You were fantastic. And uh, we look forward to hearing how you do in Florida this winter and, and keep in touch with us for sure. Absolutely. It's completely my pleasure. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back, 
to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, that was fun hearing from a Canadian beside Philip. <laughs> <laughs> same accent? Is it the same accent, guys? Yes, there's a yes, lot of outs yes. and abouts. I'm just yeah, saying. a lot of the about the same, yep. Okay, I just, I don't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming up next, we have a, something else for you tonight. A little while back at the American Equestrian Trade Association, which is the trade show where all the uh, wholesalers come in to sell to the retailers, I had an opportunity to catch up with an uh, old friend of mine since the 90s, Carrie Kent, who some of you may recognize that name. She's the founder of Carrots. And Carrots Apparel and Clothing have gotten more and more popular. Well, they've always been popular in, in general riding world and the eventing world. And they've come out with more and more products now that are appealing to dr the dressage world. And we had a conversation about that, about dressage and what she's trying to do to really break into this world. And then I mentioned this, and Reese said, you, you said you just bought a jacket from him. I did. I have an adorable coat that I just bought. It's a carrot coat. And it's. And let me tell you, I put it to the waterproof test this weekend at the regional finals. It is very waterproof. I'm just saying. And it's great. So it's really cute and waterproof and good to ride in. And it's a really nice coat. I really like it. So. Yeah, and they, they've really expanded their line. It used to be just the carrots breeches that, or tights that were super tight. That's what they got named, known for in the 90s. And now they've expanded out into a ton of different products. They actually have a fashion show every single, twice a year at the American Equestrian Trade Association event. They have a fashion show, and all the retailers come every hour and sit around the, the boardwalk, the runway. And they, she has a bunch of rider, actual riders that model the clothing and come out, and they actually do the runway thing. Uh, nice. With, yeah, oh, it is pretty I cool. I want that That's job. Fun. I think that sounds like fun. <laughs> Can I do yeah. that? She has a couple of people, eventers and different riders that she has that come every six months to do it. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I would walk the catwalk. I'm just saying. She, <laughs> she puts a lot of effort into it. Cool. So let's hear from Carrie Kent from Carrots. Well, hi, Carrie. Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's my first time. So. Yes, we've had you on a lot of the other shows, and uh, we've talked about carrots and for over the last six years, I think, since we started, certainly, and we knew you before that. I've Actually, I've really enjoyed co-hosting. I've learned a lot of very informative things by the people I got to interview. It was, yeah. It was great. I it loved was it. fun. She's got the radio show bug. Yes. <laughs> I do. I love it. We need, to get, we need to get you hosting a show now, see? Add that to your list of things to I do. Will, I'll look up to that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Carrots Radio Show. We do gardening. No. Well, now, Carrots has been known uh, outside the dressage world for a long time, and you're really now, I'm starting to see a lot more dressage riders in Carrots. So what do you think, why do you think that transition has come and what, what has made the leap? I think there's, um, we've added a lot of different technology for giving grip in the saddle through a variety of different seats. And I think that people are looking for their own personal level of grip. 
There's a lot of technology with synthetics, and of course, that's always been our specialty. We've we've never really gone into the hides. We like to have product that's completely machine washable and durable and affordable. That's that's definitely our our position in the marketplace. So we, we're seeing a lot more interest in that, especially on the everyday ride. We have some products that give you more grip in the saddle than any other brands out there. So people have sometimes have started wearing us as schooling apparel are now taking us into the show ring because they don't want to sacrifice that connection. Oh yeah, if you're if you're that's one of the hallmarks of um, being a good show rider is don't be changing your equipment. No, you you don't want to be making any uh, changes to your equipment. And the nice thing with our product is it does go in the washing machine, so you can't be at a show. You can literally rinse them. You can use rubbing alcohol on your white bridges. To oh, really? Clean. That's the best thing to clean a bridge, actually, if you're in an emergency really? situation. A little dab of rubbing alcohol. Get with a towel. It'll take off any black, you know, on a white pant that you have. Well, yeah, and there are no ri- no white dressage breeches anywhere that don't have shoe black on them. No, it's, it's it's impossible to stay white. We do actually have garments that you can wear over top, so we can at least protect you from all the way onto the horse. <laughs> Until you once, get the horse. Once you're up there, then it's, uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Well, that's a great idea because everybody's got a bottle of rubbing alcohol in their tack trunk. Yeah, and it's a great, quick solution. But we also use fabrics that you can dip literally into a bucket, mm-hmm. shake off their fast drying, sew in any of our shirts or any of our other products. So they're very show-friendly. And as you know, it's a long day at a horse show. Very long, yes. Now, and dressage riders tend to be into technology. Yes. And you obviously are, Carrots is. So what what, where is the match there? I think it's the um, understanding. Dressage riders have a lot of experience in other industries. They're, they're athletic. They know what's happening with wickable, breathable fabrics. They tend to, to be well-dressed and put together. They, they like all of those things. They, they're a very fun group because they also are not afraid of color. On their everyday riding, they embrace change, and, and they're familiar with, with what's happening in other sports. So they want those fabrics that give a technical advantage. So if they perhaps are golfers or skiers or swimmers, and, and they're thinking they know about stretch, they know about wicking, breathing, durability, and they want to see that performance go into their dressage apparel. So this year, I was over watching. Uh, I was watching your fashion show again, which is one of the things we always do when we come to the American Equestrian Trade Association show. And you had again the most busy booth over there uh, with all of the retailers there. What what do you see in your lines coming out this year that the dressage riders are really going to take to? I, I, I think the Iceville technology, which has been around... Explain in, that. Iceville is a, a wonderful fabric that it comes in a lot of varieties of thickness and weight, so I'll talk about that in just a minute. But the, the way that the fabric works is that it helps take the layer of sweat on your skin and absorb it faster, and it, it gives you a feeling of a fi- like about a 5-degree cooler temperature on your, on your skin. So it's a very technical fabric. It only works when it's exposed to air. So if it's underneath a jacket or a vest, it's not going to work. But if it's directly exposed to the air as you move, it will lower your skin temperature. So it's very lightweight. We offer it in prints, which is a very nice thing this season because that tends to hide dirt, very easy to wear. And at a retail at $56, it's, um, it's got a very well-priced. So that technology has been around, but you've, you've, it's been in the $100 range. So Carrots is excited to be able to bring it into the market you know, at so a better price point. are you using the ice fill in your... Tops and breeches? Well, we have an exclusive for the breeches and the bottoms. So we do. Now that's, that's a little 
groundbreaking. That's groundbreaking. And that is obviously a much different weight than the shirts. It's got a much higher lycra content and stretch. It has a nice hand. It's got compression. It's a non-revealing fabric in a matte finish. That means it's not shiny. And we do it with two pockets on the sides. We do it also in children's. And to get the grip in that fabric, instead of doing a traditional uh, knee patch or full seat version, we use carrot stick technology. And it's a silicone shaped as a little carrot stick that's done all the way through in a full seat pattern. Oh, so they're still full seats. They're still full seats. They're still machine washable. They're also available in children's. And, and children's for the dressage market, it's very difficult to find an actual technical breach for kids. So we have a huge following in that category. And I think, too, you know, when you think about carrots years ago, one of the complaints we would hear about carrots is they're too revealing. They were too too much tights, too revealing. And that's changed yeah, know, it, a whole lot. There's, I think, again, as the fabric evolves in other industries, like the climbing industry, people like Patagonia are developing fabrics, those fabrics then have enough volume to start to come as mainstream into equestrian. So that's been a big advantage. It's, the equestrian world's not quite big enough to develop their own exclusive fabrics, but they they are able to take on other sports and use that in mm -hmm. this industry. So you have your carrot sticks, which is a level of grip. Mm -hmm. You have other levels of grip in your breeches too. Yes, we go we go all the way through. We develop, um, we have probably five different fabrications that we use for our full seats so that you have lots That's of, a wide variety for one company. Pretty, That's a I, lot. And, and it's a lot of fun because everyone has different needs. There are some people that want to be exclusively tight to the tack and not move at all. But when they drive their car, which has a leather seat to the barn, Maybe not they, so they also don't move. So <laughs> don't get me wrong, you are going to stick and there's, and there are people who feel very comfortable with that, and that gives them confidence, especially on a young horse or something. Mm -hmm. They're all, and they were an amateur, but there are other people who feel like they don't want that level of stick. So we mm -hmm. have different things. We also use environmentally friendly fabrics, like a, an eco suede, originally developed by Ultra Suede, and it has a nice brushed medium grip. So those are things that we use often. Oh, Glenn's peering at the catalog. You must have found something he really, well, really likes. Well, one of the things I'm seeing out at shows now is your jackets, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I'm starting to see in the wild now, yeah. as they would say <laughs> in, the in the tech world. So uh, that's great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And that's, again, we, we have a nice price point of $129. It's a great alternative to a traditional show And we're show talking coat. show coats. Here. Yeah, yeah, traditional yeah, show coat styling. It's got the piping. It's got some wonderful colors. But again, toss it in the washing machine, drop it in a bucket, scrub it. It looks brand new every time. It's very durable fabric. I know I see a lot of eventers with that just because of the ease of cleaning and, and because yeah. they're always getting it dirty. Right. It's yeah. a great backup show coat. Uh, we have uh, sizes now from extra small all the way through to 2X. So we have a great variety of sizing. Very easy for stores to stock and a you know, great durable piece. That's great. It's in dressage, maybe more so than some other disciplines, there's a significant warm-up period for that horse. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of horses, stopping and putting on your jacket is not an option. You put it on when you get on the horse and you keep moving. They are often, <laughs> so this is great. You can just put it on. Often very large, large horses, too, just even a hand right. a jacket up to someone right. and not spook a horse is a challenge. Or you're so on one of these youngsters that's just a little bit, no, fresh, you don't want to yeah. do that. You can put the jacket on and And I want to clarify that we're not talking about recent Phillips horses. No. 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 no, 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 of course no. not. Denali no. would never spook no. at anything. Never. <laughs> but you can put it on and be comfortable. If it gets a little dirt on it, you just wipe it off, and you can be fresh as a daisy when you go in the shower. And that's, that's also the technology, though, of using breathable 
breathable fabrics. So you can be so much more comfortable by using a breathable fabric. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about mesh because a, a lot of people yeah. feel that a mesh fabric is very breathable. And, and there's some of that out it. there. It's got to be breathable. Yeah, there's some of that out there right now. The problem is that mesh is really not breathable. It's a nylon and next to skin causes you to sweat, but it doesn't have any advantage to be able to pull that moisture away from the skin. So when people are thinking mesh, don't think that it's necessarily cooler. Try it. Experiment with it. You know, wear it and then wear other fabrics because it's it's one of those things that's a little bit gimmicky in in this market is to use a mesh it's it's technically not an advantage interesting I'm see i would have, i always thought would have thought that that it was different than that no it's just it's more like a sweatsuit actually it has really? definitely it captures heat and holds it in and doesn't release oh, it because you're, you're creating an air layer of non-moving air right. between the inside and the outside right. just and like a horse blanket does right and it's just the same as a horse blanket it's the exact same thing so be careful with your horses when you think that mesh is actually very breathable it's not and it will cause an animal to huh. sweat and it will cause I never a knew human that. to sweat so it's not something to think it's the most it's the coolest fabric it's definitely there's a lot more technical fabrics that release that heat Where's the best people, place for people to go to see the new products coming out? I, if you go to www.carrots.com, you can see fashion shows. You can experience our team riders testing it. Uh, we have a lot of ambassadors, and we have a blog, so you get a lot of feedback that way. Um, we're with it, obviously, in Dover Catalog and, and Smart Pack and some of the other online people cover it on their own from a different perspective, which is fun. So we, we're available in lots of different retail stores who are our partners, and you can actually touch it. I I feel it's really important. Um, you know, online sales are a wonderful thing, but you need to understand that a fabric, you need to touch it. It's a very tactile experience, and that's something by going to your retail stores and trying it on and experiencing that gives you a much better understanding. That was a great interview from Carrie Kent, and we appreciate hearing all about new fabrics and things for Dressage World. We always appreciate it. I always appreciate it. I don't know about Philip and Glenn, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not I so really much into the to the fashion. I just everything I buy needs to last forever. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's a terrible product. <laughs> well, Meredith and I will will work even if it wasn't this. even if it's uncomfortable or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Someday it, we'll have it, him get away from Goodwill and actually go to a store. <laughs> Someday. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah, Do they have maybe, Goodwill in Canada, Philip? I don't even know if that's Canadian brand. I, mean, Canadian. I don't know either. <laughs> Goodwill, yeah. Yeah, it exists. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good there. to know. It's fine. Our culture of the day. Well, everybody, keep those emails and Facebook shout outs coming. And remember our total saddle fit. Uh, we are still looking for questions, saddle fitting questions uh, for Justin and uh, from total saddle fit. And at the end of the month, we will pick the best question and they will be um, a, the winner will win a new girth from Justin that whatever size you need. Um, so we look forward to hearing some more. We've already gotten some great questions. So Philip and I are really going to have to sit down and, and work on this. So we love it. Keep those guys coming. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>